Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's stand in the house of the Lord this morning. It is good to be in his house. Amen. Amen. Rain or shine, heat or cold, we're in his house. Amen. There's no place I'd rather be. Amen. The psalmist says, Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God. And it says, Oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of his praises to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. Are you going to sing praises this morning? You're among the living. Sing praises, shout, dance, and sing to the Lord this morning. All right, I trust you all will do that. And so when your neighbor comes in and they see you're doing it, they will catch on to. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We honor you this morning. We lift your name on high in all the earth. You are worthy to be praised. Jesus, we thank you for coming to change our hearts and our lives. We thank you. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. We come into your presence this morning. We invite you, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way. Have your way in this place. Let nothing be done out of selfish ambition. But we commit it to you, God. And when it's all said and done, you would be glorified. We ask your anointing to flow from the pulpit to the pews. Anoint the musicians, the worship team. Anoint God, the technology crew, the ushers. We pray for unity in the place today. And we give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Welcome the worship team. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Lord. Oh, I see some, some dressed up people this morning that are happy to be in the house of the Lord. Pastor, good morning. Hallelujah. Can you greet your neighbor? Come on, give him a smile. We're about to sing joy to the world this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Joy to 
just worship the Lord for a moment? Come on, can we just give him glory for a moment? Can we just open up our mouths and bless the Lord? Come on, let's bless the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. I know it's early and it's a little bit chilly, but we can give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody just lift up a praise this morning. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I will sing for you are great and mighty. All I know to you, O King. Come on, help us.
worship the Lord for a moment? Can we just bless the Lord for a moment? Can we just honor the Lord for a moment? Come on, can we just open up our mouth and bless the Lord and magnify Him? Can we just open up our mouth and tell Him how much we love Him, how much we appreciate Him? Hallelujah. How much we're thankful this morning. How much we celebrate Him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb this morning. Worthy is the Lamb. 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 Worthy is the Lamb this morning. Worthy is the Lamb this morning. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. The Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. 
I trust you not only sing it from your lips, but your heart is truly in tune to say, I adore you, God. Open up your mouth and say, I adore you. I adore you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because without him, we would not even have entered into a season like this. So I want you to know, God, we adore you. We lift you up this morning. You are high and lifted up. Your train fills the temple. Oh, hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy to receive glory and honor. Oh, hallelujah. Worthy, worthy art thou, O Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. The old earth is filled of your glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. As we go into a time of prayer this morning, I want you to agree with me and pray for some of our brethren who have lost loved ones. We want to pray for Sister Luz Ortiz and her family. She lost her aunt, Margarita Ortiz, who passed away recently. She lost her. And then yesterday, Sister Michelle Hamilton lost her mother. We want us all to come together. This is where we bear one another's burden. Pray for them. Pray God's peace and comfort and strength in this time. I know the Christmas season having you going busy here and there, but take time out to remember the ones in our midst that are hurting. People are sick physically. The King of Kings is a healer. The King of Kings give peace. The King of Kings give comfort. The King of Kings gives strength to go through whatever we're going through. So we ask you this morning to help me remember those and those that are sick in body. You know somebody. Just call their name before the Lord this morning. So please, let us go to the throne. Father, we come to you this morning. And we come in no other name but the name of Jesus. The one who was born in a manger, but now sits on the throne. The one who is high and lifted up. God, we come before you this morning. We ask that you'll remember our family members that are lost, lost loved ones. Lord, we ask for strength even now. When they mourn and they don't know what to do, when they say, God, how? We ask that you will give comfort. Holy Spirit, we ask you come alongside them. Comfort them. May they feel the peace right now. Envelop them in your tender care and your loving kindness. We ask you for strength, oh God, for the Ortiz family. We ask you for strength, God, for the Hamilton's family, the Kuri family. We ask that you'll remember them in a special way, God, today. Oh God, we know may they experience it even now. Lord, you see the tears that run down. But God, you said there's a day coming when there will be no more tears. But in this moment, we ask that you'll envelop them in your tender care. Father, we ask that you'll remember those that are sick in body. Oh, Jehovah Rapha, minister to them from the crown of their head unto the soles of their feet. May your people experience the healing virtue. God, we thank you for sending your only begotten son, Jesus. On the day when he was born, my God, and we know that the shepherds went and they searched for him. They followed the star. 
We ask you, God, that you would help us to recognize and acknowledge that that little babe is a king, is our savior, is our deliverer, is our mighty fortress. So we ask you, God, today to intervene into the affairs of men. We ask you that you'll remember them, whatever they're going through, God. You know the mountains, you know the valleys that some of us are in. We ask that you lift us up. Lift us up, God, and lift us out and put us to stand. Father, we look to you, we trust you, because without you, God, we can do nothing, and nothing can be done without you. So, God, this morning, remember your people. Those, God, this morning that are in despair, they're looking for a job, they seem like they're hopeless. May they remind, may they be reminded that there's no hopeless situation. Because without with you, there is hope. We commend our people into your hands. Lord, remember our community. Those this season, oh God, they think it's all about the lights and the different presents and the gifts. But may they know, may they come to know, God, the indescribable gift. The gift that keeps on giving Jesus Christ, our Savior. We ask you that you'll touch hearts across this community today. The different pulpits, God, may your word flow from the pulpit into the hearts of men and women, boys and girls. We ask, God, that you'll turn hearts to fear you. May they look to the one, the Savior of the world, the soon-coming King. Father, we commend this service into your hands. We ask that you will anoint and speak to every person. Anoint your servant, God, as to bring forth the word. We pray for the Rima word to flow in hearts today. Anoint ears to ears and hearts to be receptive. And God, may none leave the way they came. May the backslider run to you, God, and come back. Lord, may the sinner come to know the Savior. And may the believers be strengthened. God, we commend this into your hands. Have your way in this place, we pray. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies that are new today. And the church say, amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. Give the worship team a hand. Praise be to God. Good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Whether cold or not, we're still... We come into the house of the Lord. We warm up to his presence. Amen. Amen. God is good. At this time, I'd like to take the opportunity to welcome any first time guest in our midst this morning. Just stand. We want to give you a living word open Bible welcome. Oh, thank you, sir, for coming. The, oh, thank you, sir. Nice to have you. The usher will give you a packet. And in there, there is a card. We ask if you would fill out the card. And on the reverse side of the card... There is, you can put a prayer request. This is a praying church. We pray, and we when we say we pray, we do pray for you. So it is nice to have you, and we thank you for coming. Before you leave today, though, one of our hostess will take you to our hospitality suite where you'll be refreshed before you leave. You may get some hot chocolate. You may get some hot coffee. So before you leave, amen. So give them a hand again, and we thank you for coming to fellowship with us today. Any second or third timers, wave at me. Second timers, third timers. Yes, we thank you. Yes, Reverend Powell and Mrs. Powell, thank you for coming back. We are glad you're here with us again. No other ones? All of us are old timers. 
give your name, tell your neighbor it's good to see you. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. And for those watching by the World Wide Web, we pray your circumstances, whatever it is, you'll be able to join in fellowship physically with us next time. So we want to welcome you in the house of God and at Living Word Open Bible Church, where we are a friendly church with a family focus. And I trust you can testify to that. Amen. This evening, what is this evening? Anybody remembers? Our Christmas program, and they have been practicing and practicing. In the meantime, pray for them. Pray for all the boys and girls and all those who will participate. It's at 6.30 this evening, so invite someone to come out. Our Christmas program is always one of excellence. Although we do things of excellence around here, or you know that, right? Amen. We give God praise. We give God praise. And we have next Sunday coming, we have one service. That's on the 17th. One service at 9 a.m. So those who normally come at 11, tell them it's one service. And if you come at 8, and you come at 8, and you'll just be very early for the 9. That's good. Maybe you're habitually late, so you come at 8, you'll be fine. Amen? Praise God. Now... We have our 21 days of prayer coming up, prayer and fasting. And 21 days of prayer, it starts January 1st. It's on your program. Please read those dates. Keep them where you in sight, where you can see them. And remember those days. Different days of prayer and fasting. And last year, this year, you may not have done what you promised to do earlier in the year about prayer. Coming again. You want to step it up, brethren? Don't you realize we have to pray? Do you see what's happening in the world? Are we closer to the coming than before we first thought? We're closer. What is it that we need to do? What is our job? If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and capital P-R-A-Y. You see it? Pray. Pray, pray, and pray more. So please, I want you to, if you have to cut this out, take a picture with your phone and have it pop up that you don't forget these dates and plan to take part. Amen? Amen. Now this week, the revival prayer times that we are having for the month, this Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Wednesday at 7.30. And then this coming Friday is our third Friday. Last third Friday for the year. If you haven't been, please come out in droves. Tell your neighbor, hey, we have something special at church. Friday night prayer meeting. I know you may have to decorate the tree and all that. Leave that. You may have to go to the mall, but come on out and pray first. Amen? And then when you come out, you may go to the mall, you get bargains. So pray first before you do that. Amen? Amen. 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 Praise God. I want you also to take note of the holiday service schedule. Please take note of those different dates. You can read them and commit them to yourselves. Amen? Amen. So praise God. God is good. I want to invite this time Pastor Diary as she comes with an announcement. Clap her. She needs a clap. 
Good morning. All right, we get to show off today, huh? Boots and coat and, <laughs> you know, the Florida winter. <laughs> it's so funny. Once a year, hello, dust them off. Come out tonight with them. Amen. <laughs> anyway, I'm here to make two announcements. The first one is to tell you, Pastor has been advertising about the Youth for Christ 70th anniversary service, which will be held here. So we are very blessed that they've um, chosen to do the celebrations here. So uh, that's on the 17th. That's next week. But prior to that, this coming Saturday, there's uh, another part of their celebration, which is a prayer breakfast. And it's going to be held at the um, plantation, right? The First Baptist Church of Plantation. And it's 9 o'clock. We will have tickets outside. It's a great opportunity. Call up your girlfriend. Call up your other friends. Call your neighbor. Invite them out. There'll be a great speaker, Dr. Jerry Gallimore. You may have your friend who you want to be saved, get saved. Amen. So invite, and we'll have tickets out there by the welcome table. Please be so gracious. It's only $15 to support them. They have tremendous things that they're doing impacting young people in Jamaica. Many of you are born in Jamaica or other island, have experienced Youth for Christ, and it has made an impact on your life, and you're impacting others. So let's keep the fire going. Let's be so gracious and support them. And then I also want to remind the ladies, this uh, coming Saturday is our ladies' um, Christmas celebration. It's 4 p.m. in the prayer center. There's a sign-up sheet. If you're coming, we need to know who and what you're bringing. Please join with us. And again, on behalf of our church, we want to extend our condolences to Luz Ortiz and her family, and also to Sister um, Michelle's family. Sister Michelle lost her mom, you heard earlier yesterday morning the bible says when one rejoice we rejoice with them and when they grieve we grieve with them so let's pray and encourage one another god bless you have a happy worship day amen praise the lord of course we have some other people visiting with us in our midst pastor dexter nice to have you always a pleasure to have you and then we have Sister Saint, Jahan, and Jamil. Nice to have you in our midst. Praise God. Nice to have you. Nice to have you. Amen. Praise God. At this time, I want to invite Pastor Carl to the podium because he has a special announcement. So we have Pastors Carl and Diary coming. No, no, no. He's beside me. Amen. Praise God. Well, today we want to take time out. Uh, we want to really take time out to recognize our volunteers and to let them know how much we appreciate them. They've been serving so faithfully all through the year. And we've set up a service today um, at this time of the year to say thank you to all our volunteers. So if you are one of our volunteers uh, scheduled somewhere, wherever you are scheduled, whether it's in the nursery, ushering, greeter, uh, wherever, you know, wherever you serve, uh, we want to recognize you today and be able to appreciate you and to really say thank you. We can't give you a reward for it. God will reward you. But we are just saying thank you for your commitment, your faithfulness, and your dedication. And a little later on in the message, you'll, you'll understand where you are going to get your true reward. 
and uh, because he has a true reward for you, and his reward is far in excess and better than whatever we could reward you. And if any reward you want, you should want it from the Lord. Because when he rewards you, no human can reward you that way. And so I just want you to know, we just want to say appreciate And Sister Francis want to say something. Yes, I just want to add to what Pastor is saying, not really add, but to echo what he's saying. We really do appreciate all our volunteers. Church is made up of volunteers. The church is that sort of organization. Without volunteers, we cannot do what Jesus has called us to do. So we want to affirm each of you whatever role you take, whether it's ministering to the children, to I saw a lady picking up the trash outside on notice, what Jesus does, whatever you do, technology, whatever area you volunteer. And we just want to say to you, kudos, God bless you. And if you have not entered into the spirit of volunteerism, it's about time. What are you waiting for? All of the church is about service and ministry. Ministry, service, they're equivalent words. And we want to encourage you from the youngest to the oldest to get involved. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. We bless you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to, uh, technology, I'm going to make a switch um, in what we're going to do. So my video that I have, that I've told you for my message, I'm going to do that now. So they were prepared to do something. And then following that will be the other video. So we sort of get them a little techni technical thing work up there. While they're trying to work on that switch for me, uh, I sort of work with the spirit, how the spirit works. And he says, now is the time to do that. Because I wasn't sure when I was going to show this video. But, I, but it seems like, you're ready? They say they're ready. All right, wonderful. So uh, take it from here. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. The weekend's here, time to celebrate A lot of volunteers, no one's getting paid With the air that we all care, it's all in Jesus' name So we thank you, clap along for the people holding Come on, clap along for those Volunteers, they work for nothing. Volunteers, they work for nothing. Volunteers, they work for nothing. 
So we're going to start starting from uh, the back. We just want to start from the back row, just coming up. And uh, we're going to be playing the music. And then you just take one of these, just take one, and then you go back to your seat. So they can start. The next video now, just the music as they come. Let's just get them. Let's just, as they come, just come and take one. If you volunteer, starting from the back. Just come, just come, just start, come in row by row. Just come on down and take one. Dreams I went to heaven. You were there with me We walked upon the streets of gold Beside the crystal sea We heard these angels singing And someone called your name You turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came And he said, friend you may not know me now And he said, but wait You used to teach my Sunday school And I was only And every week you would say a prayer Before the class would start One day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart to the Lord Cause I had a life that was changed Thank you for giving to the Lord I am so 
acknowledge you guys. You can come on down. Then another man stood before you. Said, remember the time a missionary came to your church. His pictures made you cry, and you didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave, and that's why I'm in heaven today. So thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you came. And then we have three special one by one they alumni volunteers that are here keep the music going far as your eyes and I want to recognize them by giving them one of the gifts today we have Jamil Jahan and sister Saint so will you come please Jamil has been a stalwart in our technology for so many years we appreciate you Jamil they were unnoticed on this earth in heaven now Not supposed to cry, but friend. I'm almost sure there were tears in your eyes as Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord. He said, My child, look around you, for great is your reward. Forgiving to the Lord Cause I am a life That was changed Thank you Forgiving to the Lord Worship you came I am so Some visiting volunteers. <laughs> Reverend Powell and his wife, they were here with the men's ministry. God bless you. So thank you all. Praise the Lord. Get on the volunteer train. Amen. Get on the volunteer train. And do it heartily as unto the Lord. He gives a reward. 
You get a reward here today, but the one comes from up there is even greater. Amen. Praise the Lord. At this time, we want to continue. We invite the ushers as they would come. We'll give our tithes and offerings this morning. It says, give and it will come back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. And not only shaken together, but it's going to run over. Run over. Amen. So give, give, give. The gift that keeps on giving is Jesus. So we get to give and give unto him. Amen. I'm going to ask Sister Katie to bless the gifts and the givers. Our Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for making it possible for us to be here. We thank you for your faithfulness even when we are not faithful. We thank you for continuing to support and guide and provide for us. And as we are going to worship you this moment with our giving, Father, help us to be more giving, to be like you in everything we do. The hands that do not have at this moment, Father, we trust you to replace and to make it better. Thank you, Father, for this moment and be with us as we are worshiping you with our gift. Make it a blessing to our hands. In Jesus' name. Thank you, musicians. Give them a hand, please. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. At this time, help me welcome to the podium our senior pastor, Carl Francis, as he comes with the Rima word today. Amen. Pastor. God is good. And all the time. Turn the person beside you tell him you're in the right place at the right time. I want to just highlight again the uh, service next week. Uh, we have one service. We are celebrating with 
do for Christ Jamaica for their 70th anniversary. And it's going to be an awesome service. We have Reverend Johnson that will be here ministering and other, other guests from their organization will join us. And uh, so we want to... And so volunteers, what we did was, because we didn't want to take away from the, uh, the preparation for the Christmas program tonight, we have your celebration next week. So we're going to celebrate you with some refreshments next week. We normally would celebrate you right after the service, but since the Christmas program is today, we have sort of delayed that to next week when the program is over, and that they, because they're going to need today after the service, in between the services, in order to prepare for tonight. So next week, we will have a great celebration. And so it's a combined celebration. We'll sort of celebrate with... Uh, Youth for Christ on their 70th anniversary, and we celebrate with the volunteers as well. It'll be a wonderful time together, the family crossing over from countries as well as nations. So that's what we'll be doing. So just invite you back for a great time next week as we have these great services. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit, um, and I deliberately kept the scripture on the screen so that you won't have to, uh, you'll be able to follow the scripture because I'm using a different translation, and if you don't have that translation, you wouldn't get the meaning of what I really want to say. And I want to be able to convey the way I want it to be conveyed, and so I have left on the screen the scriptures that we'll be using. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit on this topic. I want you to make a statement. I want to make a statement that says, God expects every believer to become a volunteer. And I'm going to make that statement, and I'm going to back it up in the Scriptures. God expects every believer to become a volunteer. And so if you're not yet a volunteer, you need to know, and you're going to see from the Word of God, that God expects you to be one of those. And so it's important. There's something you can do. I don't care if you just hand out programs or whatever else you do. But He expects you to be a volunteer. You're going to see that right from the scripture. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that your words are life unto those that find them and literal medicine unto all flesh. We ask you to speak to us, Holy Spirit, as only you can. Nothing that I can say of myself will make a difference, but when you speak, it will make all the difference in the world. So I just ask you now, Holy Spirit, that you would just use me as an instrument. I am just an instrument in your hands. And that you'll speak through me. And that you will touch hearts. Awaken an understanding. Give, Lord, a desire to serve. Because in serving, there is an important part for each one to play. And we thank you for what you're doing and what you will do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people says, Amen. So we're going to turn, to, first of all, the first scripture I want to start with is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And actually, the verses are going to be up there beginning. It says, and now, brothers, I want to write about the special abilities the Holy Spirit has given each of you. I want you to say each of you. Because it's very important from the very beginning to understand that it's not just some people that God has given gifts, but it's everybody. Can you say everybody? Every one of you have talents and abilities that God has given and so you need to be aware of that. So Paul says, I want to talk about that because I don't want any misunderstanding about them. And that's what we want to do today. We don't want to have a misunderstanding to think that 
volunteerism is only for some people. But I don't need to volunteer. You're going to see that it's a major requirement and God is going to hold you accountable. So, and in this church, we've provided opportunity for you to volunteer in umpteen ways. And if you can't find a way, come see me. I'll make sure I put you somewhere, okay? So here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, I know God gives us many kinds of special abilities, but it is the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them. There are different kinds of service to God. Different kinds of service. That's why you have saw so many people come today. They serve in the nursery. They serve with different areas, ushering, parking, you know, just greeting, uh, just name it. In so many areas they can serve. And God has given different kinds of service. But look at it. But it's the same Lord we are serving. doesn't matter how you serve in the church. You're not serving the church, so to speak. You're serving God. Are you understanding that this morning? I want you to understand that you're serving God when you serve. It's not just the church you're serving, but you're serving the Lord. So that's what the Bible says. This is a scripture I'm reading. Just reading scripture for you this morning, right now. And then we go on and into the next one, and it says, it continues, uh, the verse continues, there are many ways in which God works in our lives, but it's the same God who does the work in and through all of us who are his. Many ways in which he works, the same God. And then here comes, the Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us, say each, each of us as a means of what? You see why, you see why he wants all of us? It's to help the who? The entire church. In other words, you need to know from now, there is nobody that is unnecessary. There is nobody that's, that is irrelevant. There is nobody that everyone is needed. We need everybody. And there's a part for you to play. And you need to be aware of that. And that's what the Bible says. So the Holy Spirit displayed God's power to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. Scripture continues. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Someone else may be especially good at studying and teaching. And this is his gift from the same Spirit. Remember now, the gifts have come from the Spirit. And then he continues. The Bible continues in that chapter 12. And it says, he gives special faith to another and to someone else the power to heal the sick. He gives power for doing miracles to some and to others powers to prophesy and preach. And he gives someone else the power to know whether evil spirits are speaking through those who claim to be given God's message. That's the discernment, the gift of discernment. And so he's able to discern whether it's really the spirit of God who's speaking or that's an evil spirit. And so God gives all these gifts. And can I tell you, we need it. Can you imagine somebody in the church with a gift of healing, and because they've not tried to find out what gift they have, they're sitting beside you and you're sick. And if they would just lay hands on you because they have the gift of healing, you would be healed. You need to understand that gift is not reserved for a pastor. I want you to understand that. There is no reserve gifts. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts to whomever he decides. I don't decide what gift I get. You don't decide what gift you get. So it's not for me to say, well, you know, the, oh, oh, send them to pastor to pray for him. Oh, no, no. You may, be, you may even have the healing gift yourself. So we need to know, everybody needs to become alive to know what your gifting is. 
Because if you are one with the gift of healing and I'm sick, I'm coming to you. Lay hands on me, please. Amen? That's right. You want to exercise a gift. Because it's, it, it's not about the individual. It's about all of us collectively, the body of Christ. And we are here to help one another. And you're going to see we're here to serve one another. To serve one another. All right, so let's continue what the Bible says to us. So then the Bible says, still another person is able to speak in languages. This, the gift of tongues. He's never learned. And others who do not know the language either are given power to understand what he's saying. So somebody who doesn't know the language gets interpretation. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine from the, that's on the, the regional board. And in his church, he told us the other day, he said they were having a time of meeting and there was a special time of prayer. And one of the, one of the members was very skeptical about this whole thing about the Holy Spirit and about the you know, word, tongues and interpretation. And while they were there, somebody brought a gift of in speaking in tongues. And this man who was skeptical with his wife there, standing there, and all of a sudden the spirit came upon him and he started to shake a lot and he gave the interpretation. So he went over to the pastor and said, I need to talk to you about this. What happened to me here? Because he was skeptical, the Holy Spirit took a hold of him and let him speak exactly what the interpretation is. And he says, I don't even know what I was saying. He said, now he understands what they mean by when the Spirit of God takes a hold of you and take over that you don't even remember. It's not you. You're not coming up with the words. You're not making up the words. You're not formulating the words. He's just speaking through you as an instrument. And so it is that we need to understand these things are real. They're not hocus pocus. And so what we understand, so that person, and then verse 11 says, it is the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, who gives all these gifts and powers, deciding what? Which each one of us should have. He decides which each one of us should have. I don't decide. The church cannot decide what gift you have. The gift you have comes from God. Now, some of us would desire certain gifts. I'd love to sing better. I said better. I know I can sing to some degree, so don't, don't try. Don't, my wife not tried to tell me all the time, but I can sing. I say I wish I could sing better. Don't let me start singing now. <laughs> okay, so I was going to sing. She was up there telling me when I'm singing, you know, it, you know, it, um, I'm alive, that was changed. She said, don't pass it, don't sing, don't sing. <laughs> I said, no, I'm singing. Because the word I was, and, and I'm not just making a joyful noise all the time. So don't tell me that. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to another country where they appreciate my singing. They appreciate my singing in several other countries. It's only in your hometown that the prophet is not recognized. <laughs> All right, let's go on. <laughs> Ooh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> here we go. Now, we're, now, here is what I'm trying to say. All of you together, all of you together are the one body of Christ. Everybody together. The one body of Christ. And each one of you, look at this. Each one of you is a separate and what? Necessary part of it. Each one of you is a separate 
and necessary part of you. So turn the person beside and say, you are necessary. You're necessary. Don't ever think you're not necessary. I want you to know you are necessary. God says you're necessary. We need you. We're not over. There, there is a place for you. That's what it is. There's a place for you. And it's necessary. So it's important. All right, so let's go and continue. So then the Bible says, um, here is the list of some of the parts he's placed in the church, which is his body. So here, there's a list that the Bible gives us of some of the parts. Notice it's some of the parts, not all. Apostles, prophets, those who preach God's word, teachers, those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others. Did you know that's a gift? The gift of help. So you as a pastor, I, I, I don't know what I, but I can help. Great, we love you. Come help us. We'll find you for something to do. And so those who can get others to work together, those are the administrators who can get others to work together. Some people can pull people and put people together and get people to work together. And then those who can speak in language that never learn. And so these are the, some of the gifts. Now here's another set of things that the Bible says. That was in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's make sure that it's not just there in Romans chapter 12. Look at what it says. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Did you know that? You have the ability to do certain things well. You do. You have the ability to do certain things well. This is why when we have certain things around here, when we have, you know, for our functions, we don't ask everybody to do certain things. You know, not everybody's going to bring the rice and peas. Not everybody's going to bring the, 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 you know, the, 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 the bread pudding. We ask certain people, you know why? Because God has given certain people the ability to do what? Do things well. And so when we ask everybody who does what well to bring their stuff, guess what happens? Everybody says, Pastor, what a wonderful meal. And then sometimes somebody says, who cooked the stew piece, Pastor? They've never tasted stew piece like that before. Not even theirs tastes like that. Because somebody else has the ability to do things well. And so God, you, God has given you an ability to do something well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then prophesy whether, wherever you can. As often as your faith is strong enough to receive a message from God. Notice that now. Your faith is strong enough to receive a message from God. Then you can prophesy. Okay, let's continue. Verse 7 says, if your gift is that of serving others, serve them how? Serve them well, not grudgingly. Not complaining, serve them well. If you're a teacher, what must you do? Do a good job of teaching. And, and then one of those areas that we're going to talk about this morning, we need some help with, is we need some help with Sunday school. We need some help with, this, with, with not Sunday school, the Bible classes that we call them now. We need some help with the Bible classes in a, on a Sunday. Those between, that comes at the 10 o'clock service. We need some helpers. We need some people, some of you have gifts that you can use during that time. And we're going to have a sign-up sheet outside for you after the message that we hope the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart that you will say, put me down. We'll train you. We'll prepare you. We'll give you an opportunity. And we'll talk some more about that in a little while. And so the Bible continues and it says to us this. It says, if you are a preacher, see that your sermons are strong and helpful. Here is a word to me. Amen. We, so everybody, there's something for them. 
And there's something that the Holy Spirit is saying that the Word of God has for each person. If God has given you money, hello, then come on, help us with that. Be generous in what? That's right. Now, God, did you know that God is going to bless some people with the ability to make money? He has to make some people make money. He has to have some rich people. Did you know that? So they can finance the kingdom of God. God is not foolish. He's wise. He's going to want his kingdom expanded. And his kingdom to expand requires money. He's going to have some wealthy Christians. Just some very wealthy Christians. Some of those companies that you have no idea about, that you, think, that you see on Wall Street, they are from their wealthy Christian people who own those companies on Wall Street in the stock market. Companies on the Dow Jones average. They are wealthy people. You just don't understand it. And by the way, if you get their history, which I don't have time to tell you today, but one of these days I'll go back and be able to show you. A lot of the companies that you see and you're thinking, how oh, they're so big, they started out because they were faithful to God in tithing. The way they got to where they are, most of those companies now are tithing 90% to 100% of their profits. Because they started out tithing 10 and they see it work. They went to 20. They saw it even better. They went to 30. Their company prospered even more. They said, if this is the way it goes, we're going all the way. They went to 40% of, of their profits. They give to God. Then they went to 50%. Then they went to 60%. You know, the reason why some of you are still poor is because you're afraid to tithe. And you're holding back your finances. If this church could ever realize what tithing is all about, and you all begin to tithe, because not everybody tithes as they should. Somebody drop an offering. And you got to tithe before you can bring your offering. It says bring all your tithes and what? Offering. You can't give your offering until you've tithed. So just throwing something in the plate, you're going to be going from hand to mouth for a very long time. And you're going to end up with more months than money. But if you want your money to go longer than your month, you've got to start tithing. It is the answer for, for your financial situation. And you don't think about it. You just do it. You've got to be like, that's one time you use the Nike slogan. Come on. What you must say, oh, so do we have tithe just? That's it. Now I've got to tell you. You just do it, you'll see it. I mean, we, we did this financial principles thing with uh, Rick Warren where we did, you know, the, you remember when we did the financial health thing with him? And he said, he talked about how he's tied in and he started, he and his wife decided to go above 10% and they went to 12% and they went to 15% and they went, and he says, out of that, God gave them the book. So he got the purpose-driven book where he saw, he's, he's earned so many millions now. Because, he, and he testified. It was his testimony, not mine. You can read, if you're here, you've seen it. He testified that he believes that it's all because of their tithing that God gave them the idea for the book. And he earned millions of dollars. You know what he did? He paid back the church every penny they ever paid him for the 25 years that he served in ministry. He made so much money. Now he goes around the world working with nations that are poor, using the money for the kingdom of God. He didn't change his lifestyle substantially. He didn't go splurging on himself. He just simply started using it for God. And so we need to understand that you're holding yourself back. If your finances is a hand-to-mouth situation right now, check your tithing. That's all I got to say to you. Are you consistent or are you really tithing? Are you tithing on your net instead of your gross? You need to, what do you want God to bless you on? 
If you want God to bless you on your gross, you want to tie it on your gross. If you only want God to bless you on your net, you tie it on your net. But I got to tell you, a lot of people are holding themselves back financially because they're not generous. And if God has blessed you, it's not just for you. It is that, because remember, the earth is the Lord's and the? And so everything I have is not mine. Remember, we are just stewards, remember? We're managers. And so when God blesses you financially, it's not just for your windfall doesn't come so you can, oh my goodness, I get this huge tax money. I didn't plan for it. I got a return. God has blessed me. Let me go on a cruise. Hello? Don't forget that we have the promise for the pledge for the nations. Remember the missions pledge? Where we're going to the 25 countries around the world and we're going to the 25 mission missions so before our 25th anniversary coming up. Don't forget that. When God has blessed you, you can't forget what it's all about. It's not just for yourself. He's blessed you so you can be a blessing. That's what he said to Abraham. I'm going to bless you that you may be a blessing. Amen. All right, so it's not from that. But money is a big topic, you know. It's a hot topic. A lot of people don't like to hear about it, but they love to get it. The only time they want to hear about money is, I'm handing you, give me, give, me, give, me, give, me, give me some money, give me some money. Okay, here we go. If God has given you administrative ability and put you in charge of the work of others, take the responsibility, what? Seriously. Those who offer comfort to the sovereign should do so with what? Christian chair. So the Bible is very clear. It's very clear and specific. Now, 1 Peter. So, so that was in Romans. We had 1 Corinthians 12. We had Romans chapter 14. Now we're in 1 Peter chapter 4. Here it says, God has given what? Read it for me. Each of you some special abilities. Continue to read. Be sure to use them to what? Help each other. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. He's given you, each of you, special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. That's another, you know, God is, he's teaching us something. We've got to understand, we don't want to make up who God is. We don't want to make up what we think he should be. We need to look at what the Word says. And we learn about God by what the Word says about God. And what you can notice about God is that there is no selfishness. God is about not just helping yourself, but it's helping each other. And if you notice that the Bible says, when the gift that I get is not just for my benefit, the gift that I, get, gift that I receive is to help you. Your gift is to help me. My gift is to help you. And each person's gift is to help the other. And so we, our gifting is to help one another. We are called to help one another. And you know, nothing is as wonderful as you, when you read the New Testament church where the people had everything they owned they thought belonged to all of them together. They pooled all their assets together. And so nobody had a need because if somebody had a need, they said, who has money? Okay, you have money, you provide lunch money for that person. Who has money? Oh, that person needs gas money. Provide gas money. Who has money? Somebody need a rent pay. Let's pay the rent over here. That's what was happening in the New Testament. There was nobody going without because whoever has money or whatever they have, they help one another. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could do that? You know, <laughs> they don't want to say amen on that one. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could do that? Because it means your need will be met. Don't be afraid to say yes. Because it means your needs will be met. And somebody else who has a little extra this week will give to you this week. 
that have a little less. Hello? And next week, somebody else who have a little less would get from somebody else who have a little bit more. And so each time, everybody will be covered. That's the way it is supposed to be. We're supposed to be one big family. That's what God's talking about. That's why we talk about focus here. We're a friendly church with a family focus. Because we believe that God is trying to build one gigantic family on earth. Period. All family members. No matter what nations you're from, nationality or race, one big family. But you're called to help each other. We're called to help each other. And if you look at the commandments, the two commandments on which you hang all the laws and the prophets, first thing is to what? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength. And then to love what? Yourself. You see who comes first? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Neighbor comes before almost you right there in, the word, in that scripture. Now we don't like that, right? Because we only want to focus on ourselves. Keep it for ourselves. If I give it to you, then I'm not going to get. I need, I need it, so I've got to hoard it. Don't hoard it, guys. Learn to become generous. God is looking for generous people to give more to them so they can give more to others. He's looking for generous channels. You should be one that said, Lord, here I am. I'm, one of, I'm going to be a generous channel, God. So that he can use you. And then you'll be able to help others much more. All right. Are you called to preach? Then preach as though God himself was speaking through you. That's right. Are you called to help others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies so that God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. So it's very clear from the scriptures that everybody is called to be used of God. I think those scriptures have made it very clear, right? So God did not, so does God expect you and I to take seriously the gift he has given each of us? What's your answer to that? Yes. He will, will God hold us accountable for the use of those gifts? Yes. He is going to hold us accountable. Now we're going to look at that part of it. We look at the fact that everybody has. So guess what? No one is without excuse. That's what God made sure. No one is without excuse to say, well, pastor, I didn't get any gift. Oh, no, no, no. You, I just showed you. Everybody has some gift. It may not be on the level of somebody else. It may not be like somebody else, but you have a gift. Amen? Very clear. So let's go on then to scripture. Matthew chapter 25. Let's talk about the accountability. In Matthew chapter 25, we read, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered goods to them. That is a representative of God who gave you the gifts before he, and he left. Jesus left to go back to heaven. That's what this is symbolic of. And to one, he gave five talents. There are people in here that are five talents people. And then there are some that are, it says, and to another, he gave what? Two. And to another, he gave what? One. To each according what? To his own ability. So God is, God is the one doing it. Now, you know, some people are five-talent people, some are two-talent people, some are one-talent people. And that happens to our children, too. You know, when we have our children, all our children are not five-talents. I know you like all your children to be five-talents children. They're not all going to be five-talents children. Some, one of them may be a one-talent child, and you're trying to get blood on a stone. 
You're trying to get them to get an A in mathematics, and for the life of them, they will never get an A in mathematics. Because that's not how God has designed them. He never designed them with a brain for math. They're great. How did you get A in literature? And you got A in English. And you got A in this. And then you get a C on math. Because they're just not good at math, period. Now, I didn't say they can't get better, but they're not good. Everybody has different abilities. And sometimes we want our kids to become what they are, don't have the ability to become. You may have a two-talent child, and what if you have a one-talent child? And you're trying to make a five-talent child out of a one-talent child. Now, there are some kids that have the five talents and they act like a one-talent child. Now, we know those two. They have five talents, but they're lazy. Now, we understand those, amen? But you've got to be able to recognize and discern the difference. Same way in the church. So somebody, you see, you see they serve on this board. You see them serve in this, in this ministry. And they serve in that ministry. And they serve in this other ministry. And they serve in this other ministry. And then they serve on that other ministry. And he said, how come them into everything? <laughs> Every time I look, I see them up there. Why, 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 am not, why, am I, why am I not up there too? Hey, he didn't make everybody to be up there five times. You may get up there two times, and sometimes you get there one time. And these other people get five times because of what God has done. And he does it each according to the ability. Now here's something. Listen carefully to this. Because this is very important you don't miss it. It says, to one another, to each according to his what? Who you think, who you think created the own ability? Who created the own ability? It was God who decided from the beginning when he's making you that you're going to have the ability for one talent. And when he made another one, he gave the ability for two talents. And when he made another one, he gave the ability for five talents. To each according to his own ability. Because guess what? You really don't know your ability. You think you really know your ability? You really don't know, you know. You have no idea what you can do until God starts, until you allow God to use you to his fullest. Then you begin to see, wait a minute, I didn't know I could do all that too. At first you think, all I could do is just this. But you have no idea your maximum potential. Because it is God who gives you the ability. So that's why God is the one who gives the giftings according to the ability. He's the best one to do it because he knows how he created you. He knows the abilities given you. And so he gives you responsibilities according to your ability. God is not involved in embarrassing you. And God is not into something, some competition. He says, you, one talent for doing this. You, two talents for doing this. You, five talents for doing this. He decided that. You and I didn't make a choice. We didn't decide, well, God, when you make it, you know, God, I need five talents. I need, I need, I'm, God, I'm, I'm, I'm a five-talent person, God. No, no. We don't decide that. He decided when he was creating us. When he created you in your mother's womb, he decided that. Amen? So bear that in mind. So there's nothing to be embarrassed about if you're a one-talent person. What you need to be embarrassed about if you sit on your one-talent. That's what you need to be embarrassed about. It's not that you have one talent. 
is that you're not using the one you have. Okay, so let's go on. Here's the scripture said. Then he who had received five talents went and, trained and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he received two, gained two more. So each of those, notice, each of those gained what? Mathematically, what percentage? 100%. You see that? It doesn't matter. One had five, you get five more, 100%. One or two, you get two more, 100%. They both got 100%. That's the key. They maximize their ability. That's what that says. When you get 100%, you, you can't get any more than 100% on a test, right? Really. 100% is 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, that's the youth, you know, 100. I want to keep it 100. Hey, good. You can't get more than 100%. And they gain 100%, the one worth five, and the one worth two gain 100%. So then he says, and so then he says, then he would, oh, we did that. So then we continue. But he who received the one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and what? What did he do? I'm going to show you that God is going to settle the account with you. That's where I'm going. I want you to see that. He is going to settle the account with each of us in this place. I want you to leave here today knowing, not this church is going to settle the account with you. God is. So look at what happened. So then the Bible says, so he who received the five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. What did God say? His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. By the way, in passing, you and I are preparing for the millennium. How you rule now and how well you rule now and how well you use your abilities and talents now will determine what kind of ruler you will be in the thousand years millennium on earth when we are going to rule over people. So if you are faithful over a few things, he will make you ruler over many things. You see that? He'll make you ruler over many things if you're faithful. So when the thousand years millennium come and all of us are reigning back on terra from our earth and we are going to be ruling with Jesus Christ as in Jerusalem, as the capital, as we begin to see the shift, prophecy becoming into pass. Hello. And sometimes God puts certain people in there. We wonder why in the world did they elect somebody like that? But then they put certain people in because he knows what he's trying to accomplish. And who will do what? Because some people will not have the strength and the character to do certain things. Hello. I'm just trying to try to tell you what's going on with the world and prophecy right now. Sort of throwing some things in. And so the point of the matter is that Jerusalem will be the capital of the earth when Jesus Christ comes back to reign millennium. And it's beginning to shift. That if, if, if it's shifting and it's becoming, that means that that is coming very soon. It's closer. We're getting closer. The things are lining up. And things are lining up. We need to line up our lives. Today is not the day to play church. 
And if you have not made a decision with Christ, you need to make so. You need to settle the question. And so it is that what we find is that so he can be settled the accounts. And so he said, you've been faithful over a few things, you're going to be ruler over many. Enter into the jaw. What does he say to the next person? And he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well, not so bad. Is that what he said? What did he say? You mean the same thing he said to the person who received five? Did you realize the identical words to the person who had five talents and got five more? He said the identical benefit and blessing to the person who had two talents and received two more? But you, somebody would say, but pastor, he only had four and this man had ten. How come he got the same blessing? Because that's why you need to go back to each according to his own what? Ability. If you have ability, a five-talent ability, and you only work at a two-person level ability, you're not going to get full reward. If you have two abilities and it's all two talents that you have, and you work, maximize those two talents, you're going to get full reward. So it doesn't matter because remember, it's not up to you as to what ability you have. And it's not up to you as to what talents you're given. You just need to maximize what you got. That's your responsibility. Maximize what you got. You got five or three or two or one. Maximize it. Just don't sit on it. When we're having need in this church, we help us. We have need for volunteers. And you can help. And then you don't do anything. I got to tell you, be very careful this morning. And so it says this. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then it goes on. And we come to the one guy who was, then he, then he would receive the one talent. Came and said, Lord, I knew you were to be a hard man. Oh, Jesus. Reap it where you have not sown. Finding fault with God. And gathering where you have not scattered. And here's the phrase out. I was a what? You know how many people are afraid? I don't want, Pastor, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm not going to, I'm afraid, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to feel, I'm afraid I'm not going to feel, I'm afraid that, uh, I'm, I'm afraid. Stop being afraid. And one of the things that you need to understand, for those of you, listen up very carefully, touch the person beside and tell them, listen up. Okay. One of the things that we have done in this church is to allow you to test drive a ministry. Hello? You know you test drive a car? And if it doesn't work, you don't you turn that car back in, right? You go on the road with a person and they test drive and say, no, I don't like this one. Put it back in. Well, we allow you to test drive a ministry for three weeks. And if you don't like it, and if you don't feel this is for you, we just say, fine, that's wonderful. You've just discovered what is not your area. There is no failure. There is no failure. You just simply test drive the ministry, and if that doesn't work for you, we put you in another area where you sense a feeling that is where God wanted to be. Amen? So this man was afraid, and he went and hid his talent in the ground. Look what is yours. But this Lord answered him and says, what? I want you to read it for me. What did it say? Continue.
Can you imagine? Would you have given the one of ten? That's amazing to me. That he took the talent. He didn't even give it to the one who had two, you know. Because they only have four. He gave it to the one who had what? Because he said that's, that's talent, ability. God wants this thing to be maximized. And so he says, I'm going to give it to this guy. If this guy has five talents and he can get five more, let's maximize the benefit. Let's give it to him because he will do more with it. Because God wants to expand this kingdom. He's expanding. He wants to grow. He wants more people to come to Christ. He wants people to be saved. He wants people to be healed and delivered. And so he wants to maximize your giftings. Okay. And the cast the unprofitable servant to the utter darkness, they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. So then, is there a consequence to not using the talent or talents God gave you? What would you say? There is. Let's show you from the scripture that there is a consequence. Now we go to Romans chapter 14. Verse 10 says, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt to your brother? For we shall what? All what? Stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every single person here is going to stand one day before the judgment seat of Christ. You're not standing as a family. You're not standing as a couple. You're not standing. You're standing as an individual. One and one. Brother, come here. One and one. You see this brother reporting? He has a wife. His wife won't be joining him when he stands before Christ. He'll be reporting. No, turn around and look at me. Turn around and look at me. You're reporting here. <laughs> Report right. <laughs> you look right in my eyes. That's what's going to happen one day. You're going to look in the Christ's eyes of Christ, and he's going to talk to you about your giftings, your abilities, and how well you use it. And nobody keep a better record than God. Amen? Amen. And you can't dispute it at a time. And excuse and say, well, you know, you know, Jesus, you know, I had some, I had some look at circumstances. <laughs> Hello? You're supposed to talk to him about those circumstances? No. Not then. Too late. Amen? Amen. Thank you, brother. You're good. All right. So, so we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So what happens then? As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. And here comes the next statement. So then each of us shall what? You see that? Each of us shall give an account of what? Himself, not your, not your spouse, not your children, not your mother, not your brother, not your sister, not your uncle, not your cousin. Each of us. You're on your own that time, brother, sister. Each of us standing before God, giving account of himself, which is the reason why you cannot let other people let you lose your benefit. It doesn't matter if you're married to them. I can't let my wife let me lose my benefit, and my wife can't let me lose her, let me call me to let her lose her benefit. Because marriage stops here. When we get to heaven, there is no marriage relationship. 
Go read the scripture what Jesus says. There's no marriage in heaven. We're not married anymore. It stops here. And I can't tell Jesus, well, you know, my wife did not, you know, you, you know my wife, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, you know my husband. You remember what he was like, Jesus. You have to give an account of yourself. Young people start learning that from now. You cannot, it's not going to be two by two. Or Philander family come forward. Oh no. They're going to be here. Augusta Philander. Coming by herself. Peter may come way down another time. Coming by himself. Well each of us will have to give an account. You know something? You can't change that. You can't delay that. You can't say, well, Jesus, no, no, no. I need some time. We cannot change that. When the day comes to give an account, we have to show up. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to give you so that you don't have to run into this problem later on. So let me hurry to show you quickly what happens. Romans 14, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Did I get there already? I'm going backwards. Let's continue then. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul talking about him and pa Apollos. He says, Apollos and, I, Apollos and I are working as a what? Think about this now. We're working as a? With the same what? Though each of us will be rewarded what? For his what? Even when you're on a committee and a team. The team is working together, but still it's going to be the individual responsibility on the team and how you work on that team. God's going to reward you individually according to how you work in that committee. He's not rewarding it like school where they credit the whole, the whole team. In school when they assign you a team and they grade a team, they grade the whole team. This is, you may be part of a team, but you're going to be graded individually. That's why you still have to pull your weight. Somebody that's on the team not pulling their weight, you pull your weight. You do what you need to do. You do, you do what you're supposed to do best. Because you have, a, you are not a, you're, not, you're not reporting to that team, you're reporting to higher authorities. You're accountable to God. That's what the Bible says. We are only God co-workers. We are God's garden, not ours. Or you are God's building, not ours, Paul was saying to them. Let's continue. God in his kindness has taught me how to be an expert builder, and I have laid the foundation, and Apollos has built on it. But there are various kinds of materials that can be used to build on that foundation. Paul laid it, you know, they laid the foundation. Now other people are going to build. He started the work. Others are going to continue the ministry. Some use gold and silver and jewels, and some build with sticks and hay and straw. What does that mean? It means that when you do something for God, he's evaluating it in, as whether is that a gold type of thing you're doing or are you using silver in what you do or is what you're doing credit can only be considered as straw. Why? Two things. One, motive. Two, attitude. Am I doing it so others can see me? 
Am I doing it so that I can get praise? Or am I doing it for God? And whether they see me or don't see me. In other words, whether they gave these gifts out today or not. I would still do it. That's how he's going to do it. That's how he's going to look at it. It's not, you mean that's all they give me? What is this? Wrong attitude. Are you understanding? God's going to evaluate our motives and attitude. And that's going to determine whether that's gold or silver or straw or hay or stick because those things burn up. And you're going to see what happens. Let me hurry quickly. And then the Bible says, there is coming, there is going to come a time of testing at Christ's judgment day to see what kind of material, what? Each builder has used. Each builder. God's going to test my material. He's going to test my material. Why do you show up and preach on Sunday? Why do you prepare the messages? Are you, how, what attitude did you come with? Were you like the pastor? Were you like this other son? You know, the, the, the lady who went to wake up her son for church. And she went to wake him up and says, he says, you get it. She said, it's time to get, get up to go to church. You're a 42-year-old man. He says, no, I'm not going to church. They don't like me and I don't like them. She says, you have to go to church because you're the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to serve with the wrong attitude you know and God's going to judge that did you love the people or were you just doing it for the living that's important why were you doing what you're doing so I ask myself a lot of times, why are you doing what you're doing, Carl? Why are you going now? I got to judge myself so that I won't be judged. Everyone's work will be put through the fire so that all can see. Hello, there'll be spectators. All can see whether or not it keeps its value and what was really accomplished. Then every workman who has built on the foundation with the right material and whose work still stands will get his pay. Hello, praise God. This is not it, brethren. This is not it. It's not this. This is not your right pay. That's what I told you about. You're going to get a greater pay. Can you give God praise for that? Come on. Give him praise. Your payday is coming. There is a better payday. This is just a little token to say we appreciate you. But the real payday is coming. It's coming. It's coming. So here's what they are. Let's, let's wrap up as it says this. But if the house he has built burns up, he will have a great loss, but he himself will be saved. In other words, you won't lose your salvation. Even though you did not do any work for God, you don't lose your salvation. But you lose out on the rewards of how God's going to reward you. But a, and he's like a man escaping through the walls of flames. 
So I started out by saying to you, God expects every believer to be a volunteer. Would you say that I've demonstrated that from the scripture? Very clear. The scripture has been very clear. He expects every believer to be a volunteer. He didn't say what. He didn't say, you didn't come with a label. You're ushering. You are this. You're, you're you know, you've got to find your ability. He's gifted you. I've gone places, and boy, I don't, I'm sure you have gone places where you've dealt with some people, and their personality fits like a glove with what they're doing. You said, this person is in the right place. When you deal with them, they have the personality to handle those kinds of things up front and to handle people. And then some people, you have to keep them in the back, you know. Keep them away from people. No, no. Everybody has... But, but listen, listen, nothing is wrong with that. Their ability is not up front. Their ability is to work behind the scenes. So it's not like you're putting them down when you keep them away from people. You're keeping them in their area of giftedness. Which is what we emphasize in this church. We emphasize that you work in your area of giftedness. And if you don't know it, we test you when you're going to compass class, when you're going to in the, in, the, in, the, in the membership class, there's a test that is done to determine where you're gifted, what area you're gifted, and it will give you some ideas to where to start. But what do you really know? How do you start if you don't know where to start? God has given you a desire in your heart for certain areas. Some people look and say, man, I just love to work with children. That's just them. And some of the people, man, I just want to work with the youth. And for some people, I just want to work with babies. There are nurses in here that work with babies, and they would not work with seniors in the hospital. They wouldn't, walk, they wouldn't want to be in the geriatric ward, but they like to be in the, what do they call it, proper name? Pediatric, right? I was going to use some fancy names, but they were, okay, all right, let's not go there. But they're in the pediatric ward, you know. They will go in the pediatric ward, and they will work with the children, and they love it. Don't take them out of there and put them in another ward. It's the same thing in the church. You are gifted to work in a particular area. There's a desire in your heart, a leaning, going to the area. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. And says, even though you have a desire, say, oh, but I'm just afraid. No, no, no. God has not given the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. We will train you. We will work with you. We will stand with you. You don't need to be afraid. So here's what the thing is as I close. Outside today will be a table. There'll be no one standing there. There'll be no one there. There'll be a sheet of paper for you to go and sign up as God has spoken to your heart. We need, here is an opportunity. There is an opportunity today for you to use the gifting that God has given you and to test whether God has given you the gifting with children or young people or Different age groups. Because we have Bible classes that has need for, other, for, for teachers. You have Bible classes that has need for assistance. And maybe you don't even want to work with them. We have another category on the shine-up sheet that says other. You put your name down there. You put your phone number. We will call you. We will be calling you. We'll talk to you. We'll get you somewhere. We'll get you assigned an area. You can test drive a ministry. 
foot. I want to fulfill my responsibility to God by making sure that I not only tell you what you're supposed to do, but giving you an opportunity to do it so that when you stand before God, you can't say, well, pa Jesus, you remember, G Pastor preached, but he never tell us what to do after that. Well, this pastor wants to be able to report properly to God. So we have made preparations out there where there's a table with a sheet for you to sign up. And you just, if, you, if you can't sign up for children, for, for, the, for the different Bible classes, if you don't even know which Bible class, group, or grade, just I, I think they may have the grades there. You put your name and check the grade that you think you can work with. And then if you don't have, there's an other. Just put your name and your phone number. We'll, we'll work with you but there will be no excuse. Because here's the thing. Everybody, everybody here, if you're a believer, if you're a child of God, you should be a volunteer. Now here's what is happening. Here's the blessing of what happens when everybody starts doing it. Nobody is burdened. Because whereas somebody has to go every Sunday or four Sundays of the month, they, could only, they would only go one. Because there is enough people to change all. You see what I'm trying to say? So if everybody does what they're supposed to do, the body functions beautifully. Which is what God is calling us to do. Let's all stand together. Let me pray with you. And out of this message this morning, if you don't have a solid relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to realize and you've heard, you're going to have to stand and give an account. You either recognize him now as Lord or then as judge. I don't recommend you want him as a judge. I recommend that you want to have him in front of you as your Lord. If you've never done so, if you've never received Christ as Savior, and if you've never, or if you have and you have drifted and you said, Lord, I want to make right with you. I want to give you an opportunity to do so today. I want to pray for you first. Because the most important thing in life is not your career, is not your marriage, it's not your family. It's your soul. It's the greatest decision you'll have to make. What happens to my soul? Where do I spend eternity is the greatest decision any human being has to make. Where do I spend eternity? You will live forever, it's sure. Dying is only for a period of time. You will be resurrected. The problem is after your resurrection, where will you go? So today, if you're not sure, if you're not sure where you are with God, you can be sure before you leave here today. You don't have to wait to the last moment. Some people don't even get a chance for the last moment because they don't know when they were going. 
Just like that, they're out. They never get a chance to say, Lord, have mercy on me. And this is nothing to be ashamed about or feel bad about. I know sometimes we feel it's just me. You're in the company of people today that want to see you saved. That want to see you join the family of God. Why leave today and not do the right thing? You've never done so. Raise your hand right where you are. We want to pray for you. You want to do that today? Say, Pastor, I need to make right with God. I need to make sure that my soul is right because it's the most important decision that I have to make. Young people, it is the most important decision. Education is good, but your soul being right is better. Nothing can compare it in life. It supersedes every other decision you'll ever make because you're talking about your eternity. I'm going to ask one more time before I pray. Is there somebody that would say, I need to make that decision with God today? Or I need to renew that decision with God today? Just raise your hand where you are if you are one of those. And I'll pray for you. I see that hand. Is there somebody else? I see that hand. Is there somebody else? I see that hand. God sees that hand. More importantly than anybody else is that God sees the hand. He knows. Let me pray for those first. Father, I thank you for those who have raised their hands today. Who said, I want to make sure that it is well with my soul. And so today, Lord God, more than anything else, you said, man, look at the outer appearance. We look at the raise of the hand, but you look at the heart. And Lord, where their hearts are right with you, even now as they're saying in their hearts, Jesus I want to make right with you. I want to spend eternity with you. You are receiving them into the kingdom. And if they're making a renewal, you are receiving that recognition of renewal today. Lord, I ask you to receive them and to recognize them. As they make a decision, Lord, to make right with you, that they will know where for sure they'll spend their eternity. That they will spend it with you. I thank you for your Holy Spirit speaking to them. And I thank you for the work that you're doing in them and you will do through them. Now, Lord, I pray for this congregation. Your word has been delivered. Your word has been given to them where they know now that every child of God is expected by you to be a volunteer. I pray that as they leave today, they would recognize that they have some ability to do something. However small they may think it is, it is important in the body of Christ. So Lord, I pray that no one would leave the way they came this morning. But I pray that the Spirit of God would have spoken, would have been very clear. And that you would meet the needs that 
is in your kingdom and in this church right now. Lord, I ask you to meet the needs of those classes that need teachers and assistants. You are able, God, to do that. You can speak to hearts. You can challenge, challenge lives and make a change right now. So Holy Spirit, across this congregation right now, I ask you to begin to speak. I ask you to begin to do what only you can do for the expansion of your kingdom here on earth. Lord, so that when that day comes and they stand before you, they don't have to lower their head and be ashamed, but they can walk boldly and hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're about to do. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Your first time guest is the Denise is at the back. She's going to escort her hospitality suite. Just look around. You'll see her hand in the air. She'll escort you to her hospitality suite. God bless you. Don't forget your devotionals. They're available at the bookstore. God bless. Testing, testing. Hello. One, two, three. Uh, testing. A, B, C.
Okay, guys, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us here this morning. God, we pray that we would have a productive rehearsal, Lord. Pray, God, that you would help these kids to have self-control, Lord, and that everything will go well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody shine, everybody shine. Excuse me, can we get the sanctuary cleared, please, so we can practice? Good morning. Thank you.
Hello, this is Leon. I'm not home right now, but if you leave me a message, I'll get back to you. Bye. It's Leon's answer machine. You see, Leon's not home right now. He's busy directing the annual Christmas pageant. That's right, he's directing the pageant. Last year, he was just an understudy for the part of the innkeeper, but this year, he's totally in charge. Now, Madeline, you know we need those props by the first rehearsal. We need to start practicing in full costume. What's that? You can. Thanks, Madeline. Here's all. Ciao. Leon is really taking his new job seriously. In fact, he takes everything about Christmas seriously. You see, ever since Leon discovered that his name spelled backwards is Noel, he's been on a mission to make sure everybody knows the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah, that was nice. 
All right, kids, listen up. Could you catch? I said, listen up, everybody. Quiet, please. Thank you, Freddy. Everyone, may I present my able assistant? Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. All right, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. Leon, have you made up the cast list yet? Yes. In fact, I have it right here. 